Hello, and thank you for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If you enjoy this message, we invite you to check out River of Life live this Sunday at 10.30 a.m. in Crawfordville. Visit riveroflifefl.com for service times and directions. That's riveroflifefl.com. Now, let's join Senior Pastor Henry Jones as he teaches from the Word of God. I want to introduce my thoughts and words today by talking about a man who lived over a hundred years ago. William Booth was a British Methodist preacher who founded the Salvation Army. He was quite the character and he had an amazing way with words. Listen to some of the things he said during his days of ministry. Here's one I really like. Secular music, do you say, belongs to the devil? Does it? Well, if it did, I would plunder him for it. For he has no right to a single note of the whole seven. Every note and every strain and every harmony is divine, and it belongs to us. Don't you like that? Wow. Wow. Here's another quote that I really like by him. If I thought I could win one more soul to the Lord by walking on my head and playing the tambourine with my toes, I'd learn how. Some of you ladies will like this one. He said, some of my best men are women. Thank God for the great women of the Bible that God used mightily. And thank God for the great women that God's still using today in the faith. He said, you cannot warm the hearts of people with God's love if they have an empty stomach and cold feet. That's pretty practical, isn't it? And we've been talking a lot about revival around here and about praying for revival. He was a man who believed in prayer, real prayer. He said, you must pray with all your might. That does not mean saying your prayers or sitting gazing about in church or chapel with eyes wide open while someone else says them for you. It means fervent, effectual, untiring, wrestling with God. This kind of prayer, be sure the devil and the world and your own indolent, unbelieving nature will oppose. They will pour water on this flame. Oh, prayer is important, but I want to tell you the devil would rather us do almost anything than pray. If he can keep us from praying... He can keep us from a mighty move of God. William Booth said, While women weep as they do now, I'll fight. While little children go hungry as they do now, I'll fight. While men go to prison in and out, in and out as they do now, I'll fight. While there is a drunkard left, while there is a poor lost girl upon the streets, while there remains one dark soul without the light of God, I'll fight. I'll fight to the very end. He was a warrior. This... uh, straight-talking, in-your-face Methodist preacher also had some insight into where the world was going, and he was deeply concerned about it. Now, remember, he lived over a hundred years ago. He said, 
I consider that the chief dangers which confront the coming century will be religion without the Holy Ghost, Christianity without Christ, forgiveness without repentance, salvation without regeneration, politics without God, and heaven without hell. Oh my goodness. That pretty much describes modern day religion, doesn't it? We've got churches and Christians all over America who, who don't even acknowledge the Holy Spirit, much less walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. And we have a nation filled with people who claim to be Christians, but they do not follow the teachings of Christ. And I can tell you the books and the sermons and the songs of our day, many of them have convinced a generation of people that you can be forgiven without actually turning from your sin. God have mercy upon us. And we now believe that a person can be genuinely saved and continue living the same old life they used to live. Have mercy upon us, Lord. Did you know that 70% of the adults in America identify themselves as Christians? And yet, year after year, we continue to elect ungodly, unbelieving people to lead this nation. How is that even possible? How is that even possible? Seventy percent of the adults call themselves Christians, but the death nail to any politician in America on a national uh, level is to say, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, and if I'm elected, Jesus will determine all my thoughts and decisions and votes. Can't get elected with that platform. And yet 70% claim to be Christians. And friends, we now believe that everybody goes to heaven. And we're not even sure there is a hell anymore. I don't know about you, but I, I, it breaks my heart But no matter how people live, whether they've ever been to church or whether they even know Jesus Christ right here in this very county, I'm not talking about someplace else in the world. Right here in this county, when a man or woman dies, we hear it all the time, he's in a better place. He's no longer in his suffering. Well, friends, that means we believe everybody goes to heaven and there is no such thing as hell. William Booth was right on. He was right on. Uh, The title of the message this morning is, I Turn. I Turn. Isn't it time, I'm asking you, isn't it time for America to turn back to the Lord our God? Isn't it time for us to wake up and see what's happening? How our faith has been destroyed? Isn't it time for churches across this nation to turn back to the Lord and His Word and start doing what God says do, preaching what God says to preach and standing on the Word of God? And isn't it time for all those who claim to be Christians to actually start following Christ? To turn and follow the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm asking you this morning, because it's real easy to point our fingers elsewhere, but isn't it time... For each and every one of us to say and mean it with all of our hearts and souls, with everything in us, I turn, I turn away from the things of this world, I turn to the Lord my God. You see, friends, that's what we desperately need in this hour. We need Christians who will say, I turn.
Now, this, this little four-letter word, turn, is used over 300 times in the Bible. Some form of it is used over 300 times. And the word repent or repentance uh, is used about 75 times. So about 400 times altogether the word repent or turn is used in the Bible. And the reason I put those two together so you'll know is because the word repent means to turn. It means to turn away from your sin and to turn toward God. They mean the same thing. And yet the word turn is used much more than the word repent. But that's exactly what it means. And sometimes they're used together. Ezekiel 18, 30 through 32 says, Therefore I will judge you, O house of Israel. Everyone according to his ways, says the Lord God. Here it is. Repent and turn from all your transgressions so that iniquity will not be your ruin. Repent and turn. Now, I cannot give you an explanation for what I'm about to say, but I know it's true. I've done the research. I've studied it. Did you know that when it says repent and return, it's the exact same Hebrew word? I mean, not even a... a, uh, There's no change at all. It is the exact same Hebrew word. Why it's interpreted repent and turn, I don't know, except maybe the Holy Spirit just wanted us to receive it so we would know. Repent and turn. It could have said turn and turn or repent and repent from all your transgressions so the iniquity will not be found, uh, be your ruin. Cast away from you all the transgressions which you have committed and get yourselves a new heart and a new spirit for why should you die, O house of Israel? For I have no pleasure in the death of one who dies, says the Lord God. Therefore, say it with me, turn and live. By the way, the... When we see turn here in this last statement, it is exactly the same Hebrew word used in both places earlier in the text. Move over a few chapters, Ezekiel 33, 11. uh, Say to them, as I live, says the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn, turn from your evil ways For why should you die, O house of Israel? Uh, The same Hebrew word is used three times in that text. The point is, we have to turn. It's what the Scripture teaches. It's the same word that we use for repentance, but the fact is we understand turning better than we do repenting. Now, I know what you may be thinking. Well, Pastor... That's the Old Testament. And in the Old Testament, you had to turn. But in the New Testament, we have grace. And they didn't have grace in the Old Testament. They had law. Now we have grace. They had to turn, so we don't have to turn. Oh, really? Maybe we should read our New Testaments again. Acts 3.19 Repent, therefore, and... Turn back that your sins may be blotted out. You want your sins forgiven? You want your sins blotted out? You have to turn. And then James 5.20 says, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover a multitude's 
of sins. Now, friends, if you want to understand the importance of this word turn, then realize this, that in all four of those passages of Scripture, the Bible makes it crystal clear that turning will save your life. The God of Israel is about to judge you, O house of Israel, says Ezekiel. If you want to live, you better turn. And in the New Testament, we're told, if you want to save somebody's life, get them to turn to the Lord their God. If if they don't turn, there is no salvation apart from turning. They have to turn. Friends, life and death are in this little word, turn. We turn or we die. You can't can't be honest with scriptures and say it any other way. We turn or we die. This nation will turn or it will die. The churches across America will turn or they will die. And for you, your family, for me and my family, we will turn or we will die. Now I know what you're probably thinking right now, Pastor, I'm a little bit confused. I I thought the blood of Jesus was the means of our forgiveness, our redemption, and our salvation. If that's the way you're thinking right now, you're absolutely right. There is no remission of sins apart from the shedding of blood. That's what the Scripture says. But what you might be missing is this. This is what the Scripture teaches us, and that is that we cannot get to the blood until we turn. Under the leadership of the Holy Spirit, under the wooing, the drawing, the conviction of the Holy Spirit, we have to turn away from the things of this world. We have to turn away from sin. We have to turn away from ungodliness and ungodly living. And it is then when we turn that the blood cleanses and washes and makes us white as snow and makes new creatures out of us. That's when it actually happens, when we turn. Now friends, i got to tell you, For several weeks, I I haven't preached in a few weeks. I don't know if you've noticed or not. You probably have enjoyed that. And so, uh, uh, but about three or four weeks ago, I started studying this word turn. And I just want to tell you, you can get real excited when you study this word turn. It'll get you going. It'll do something to you. I I want to quote a scripture And I'll quote this one before we pull it up. So let me go all the way through it, and then I'll tell you when to pull it up. But I want you to just listen to this scripture. But if a wicked man... Now hold on, we we move too fast sometimes. Who's the Bible talking to right now? A wicked man, right? But if a wicked man turns from all his sins which he has committed, keeps all my statutes and does what is lawful and right, he shall surely 
live. He shall not die. None, none of the transgressions which he has committed shall be remembered against him. Because of the righteousness which he has done, he shall live. Do I have any pleasure at all that the wicked should die, says the Lord God, and not that he should turn from his ways and live. Now, I don't know about you, friends, but I like that verse. Would you pull it up for me and let's just look at it together. We'll spend a few moments right here. But if a wicked man turns from all his sins, which he has committed. I want to tell you, friends, I base this on the Word of God. I base it on the prophet Ezekiel, the Holy Spirit who inspired him to say it, and the fact that it's been divinely preserved to our day. Wicked people can turn from all their sins. But if a wicked man turns from all of his sins, which he has committed, and keeps my statutes. Now, almost Always, if I'm ever with a group of people and we're in some type of theological conversation, somebody will say, yeah, but we can't do that. We can't keep all of his statutes. Well, friends, just stop it. Just stop. Stop using your arguments to disprove what God's Word says. The fact is, God would never put something in His Word that would be outside the realm of possibility with the help of God. And the fact is that a wicked man can turn from all of his sins and start living according to all the standards and truths and principles of a holy God. You say, I just don't believe a man can do that. On his own, he can't. But God will help you do anything His Word teaches you to do. And the Spirit of God will help you do that. In fact, it becomes the testimony that God is actually doing that. And I love it. It says He does what's lawful and right. He's been doing His whole life what is wrong. Now He starts doing what's right. And it says if He does what's lawful and right, He shall surely live. He shall not die. None. I want to give you the theological meaning of the word none. Here it is. Get ready. None. Zilch. Zero. Nada. I wish I could say it like 14 different languages. None of the transgressions which he has committed shall be remembered against him. None. Am I the only one in the house who wants to do a holy dance right now? None. None. I won't ask for a show of hands, but how many of you have got some things in your past that you don't want remembered against you on that day? Well, you raised your hands anyway. Go ahead. Some of you raised both hands. Yeah. Yeah. None of the transgressions which he has committed shall be remembered against him. You see, friends, God just tells us, I want you to turn. I want you to turn to me. I want you to receive my word, receive my rebuke, receive my correction, and turn to me and start living for me. And if you do that, not one transgression you've ever committed will be remembered against you. 
Every now and then I hear somebody say, oh, we're going to get to heaven and they're going to put our whole lives on a projector and they're going to put it up there. We're going to see everything we've ever done. Uh, that would be hell, not heaven, wouldn't it? <laughs> and it's contrary to the teachings of God's Word. None of the transgressions which He has committed shall be remembered against Him. And I love this. Don't stop there. Because of the righteousness which He has done, He shall live. I want to tell you some friends. You turn. You turn to the Lord. You turn away from all the sins you've committed and turn to all the statutes of the Lord. And not only does your past get wiped out, but God creates a whole new, brand new, glorious, wonderful future for you that's filled with righteousness. When you turn to the Lord, you'll start doing some righteous stuff. I don't think you believe me when I said that. You'll do some righteous stuff righteousness will become a part of your life. You know why? Because the Holy Righteous One of Israel now lives in your heart. He's inside of you. And you'll start doing some righteousness. Uh, Derek preached it last Sunday. If the tree is barren, if there's nothing there, if there's no fruit, the Bible says it'll be cut down. That, that's not of God. But righteousness is shall be remembered, nothing shall be remembered against him, because of the righteousness which he has done, he shall live. God wants us to turn. If we could find the most wicked, evil man in Wakulla County, or woman, or young person, God wants them to turn. God wants, wants that person to be a, a, a trophy of grace. And I can tell you something about the Holy Spirit. If you're waiting for the Holy Spirit to make you turn, you'll wait for the rest of your life and spend eternity in hell. He will not make you turn. You have to make that decision on your own. Now, I went through about 200 passages of Scripture. But I think you get the point. But here's what happened with me. I started saturating my soul with these scriptures on the word turn. And without even knowing it, I, I caught myself one day saying, I turn. I turn. And I would just, I, I, di I, I didn't even do it on purpose to start with. I think it was the Holy Spirit just stirring the word up in me. I turn. And then I started waking up in the morning. And the first words out of my mouth would be those two words, I turn. And then all through the day I was saying, I turn. And then I, this has been going on for several weeks now, and then I, I started putting stuff with it. I, I, I feel like led of the Lord, but I started putting stuff with it. I started saying things like, I turn from worldliness to godliness. I make a conscious choice right now. I'm going to turn from worldliness. I'll turn to godliness. Boy, that feels good when you just say that. And then every now and then when the, when the world's kind of pressuring me, I, I would start saying, I turn from worry to faith. <laughs> I refuse to worry. Worry is an indictment against God's ability to handle the situation. 
Worry says, I think I found something, God, you can't handle, so I'm going to worry about it. I turned from worry to faith. I turned from doubt to trust. I'm not making this up. This is not just something I made up and put in my notes. I've been going around saying this. I I try to say it under my breath so people don't think I'm crazy. But now with all the modern technology and the earphones and all that, you can talk to yourself all day long now and people don't know. They think you're on the phone. Well, you are on the phone. You're just on the phone with God. I turn from doubt to trust. I turn from busyness to meditating and waiting before the Lord. I turn from the mundane so that I can experience the miraculous. I I tell you, every day I've been adding to the list. Every day something new will pop up. I'll say, I turn from that. I turn here. I turn from anger to submission. I turn from arguing with my wife to saying, yes, (laughs) ma'am. I turn from my way to His way. I turn from that which is unclean to the holy things of God. I, I turn from complaining to cooperating. I turn from my will to His will. I turn from finding fault to finding God's will in every situation. Now, I know what a few of you are thinking right now. You're thinking, Pastor, I've been around you for the last three weeks. I haven't noticed all that much turning. (laughs) Well, I'm just getting started. It's only been a few weeks from now. Give Give me another few weeks. Give me a month or so. I, 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 I can tell you this. It feels good. And, and there's one particular statement that I've been making every day. From the beginning, I've been making this statement. And I don't say it the exact same way every time, but it goes something like this. I turn from worldly, worthless things to the one who's worthy of all my time and attention and affection. And I'll say that a dozen different ways. I turn from from, uh, worthless, worldly things to the one who's worthy of all my love, my affection, my trust, my obedience. I turn to Him. And trust me, every day you'll have the opportunity to do that. And and I'm, I'm telling you, it just feels good. It feels like every time I say it, I'm... I know preachers are given to exaggeration, but this is the truth. I feel like every time I say it, I inch a little bit closer. It's not big steps, it's baby steps. But I feel like every time I say it, I'm just getting closer and closer and closer. The old theologians called it a lifestyle of repentance. And I've heard that, but I never really understood it. And I've always thought of that as something negative. But what the Lord's showing me is this is not negative at all. A lifestyle of repentance, a lifestyle of turning, means that every day, all day long, you are constantly turning toward the Lord. Turning toward the holy things of God. Turning toward His Word. Turning toward His presence. You just keep turning toward Him. 
And there's nothing negative about that. That's positive. That's exciting. Now, I want to give you a good reason why you should say this, or at least purpose it in your heart. Because every day of your life, there's a real enemy who's trying to get you to turn away from the Lord your God. Every day of your life, there's a real enemy who's trying to take your children, who's trying to destroy your family, who's trying to mess things up. Every day of your life, there's a real enemy that's trying to get you to turn away from God. And whether you've noticed it or not, we now live in a society that's working hand in hand with the enemy. Every day, trying to turn you away. The enemy's trying to turn your eyes toward worthless things. The enemy's trying to turn your mind toward the unholy, the ungodly, and the unhealthy. The enemy's trying to turn you away from the blessings and the favor and the protection of God. The enemy's trying to turn you away. The enemy will make sure that every day you have multiple opportunities to either follow him or purpose in your heart and say, I turn to the Lord to go his way. See, every day I turn. Now you may, you may think, Pastor, this is kind of radical stuff you're dealing with this morning. Yes, it is. But I, I want to ask you, and I'm serious about this. If I were to ask for a show of hands right now and ask you how many of you need God to do something radical in your life right now? I believe the hands would go up all over the house. How many of you need a radical miracle? How many of you need a radical healing? How many of you need a radical breakthrough financially? How many of you need a radical intervention of God that radically changes everything in your life? Well, maybe, maybe we should get radical in our obedience. Maybe... With heart, mind, body, and soul 100%, we should turn and keep turning and never stop turning. Maybe. I can tell you this after my study, and I want to summarize this because I need to bring it to a close. I don't care what you've heard. I don't care what your favorite song says. I don't care what your favorite book says or your favorite preacher in America says. There is no forgiveness without turning. There is no salvation without turning. There is no walking with God without turning. There is no revival without turning. We, we all know the scriptures, don't we? If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and what? turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sins, and heal their land. We have to turn. There is no power with God apart from turning. If we've ever lived in a day and a time when we need some men and women walking around with the power of God on them, flowing through them, ministering to people and touching lives, it's now that there's no power without turning. It's a prerequisite. It's a requirement. There's no joy without turning. There's no joy. Not really. 
Not really. And I'm, I'm talking to everybody here. I'm talking to Christians. There's no joy without turning. You can read your Bible every day. You can go to church every Sunday. You can say your prayers every day. But you will not have the deep joy and victory that comes through the Lord Jesus Christ until you turn and keep turning and keep gazing upon Him. Will not happen. You have to, you have to turn. So I challenge you this morning, just for a few days. I'd really like to hear from some of you, just for a few days, just for two, three days, maybe a week. Just start saying, I turn. And then put whatever you want to put in with it. I turn from this and I turn here. I I won't just, just accidentally go through life. I turn. Now, can I tell you this, friends? So I don't want you to be shocked. The moment you start doing this, the moment you start saying this, the moment you start purposing in your heart, and by the way, you know as well as I do, you don't have to say those two words. But the conviction has to be in your heart. And, and, and for me, it just helps me, to, it helps me to say it. And maybe it'll help you to say it. But I want you to know the moment you start saying this and meaning it with all of your heart, you're going to have a fight on your hands. The enemy will get right in your face because the enemy doesn't want you to keep turning to the Lord, gazing upon Him and His Word. And so, I turn. Say it with me. I turn. If you will say that for a few days. I want some of you to do it and give me a call. I just know this. I know that we've heard a watered-down, weak gospel that's not really the gospel at all. And it's not working for people. And that's the reason we see people coming in and out of the church is because we're selling them a bill of goods that's not the true gospel of Jesus Christ. But when a man really turns and really gets washed in the blood and God really changes his life, oh, he can never go back to the ways of the world. If he does, he's so miserable he can't stand it. He won't stay there long. He'll come back. Hey, we've had somebody who's recently done that and they're going to be baptized. Uh, Who's being baptized today? I don't even know. Come on up here, darling. Come here. Come up here. Thank you again for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today, or you need someone to pray with you, then please let us know. You can call us at 850-926-1200 or send an email to info at riveroflifefl.com. We also encourage you to visit River of Life this Sunday at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. For more information, visit us at riveroflifefl.com.